morning, church. It's great to see everyone here this morning and to come together to celebrate so many wonderful things. And as we have said, congratulations to the graduates, and uh, we wish you the Lord's blessings in these days ahead. I think the message today is a good one for not only high school seniors or graduates, but uh, for all of us, because we're looking at the importance of filling our lives with spiritual wisdom that comes from above, that comes from God and his word and the example of Jesus. Let's turn in our Bibles together today to the book of Proverbs. The third chapter is where we're going to be at this morning. While you're finding that, I'll tell you a funny story that kind of goes with our scripture reading this morning. Um, It's about this guy who got pulled over by the police one day on his way home from work, and he got a ticket for not wearing his seatbelt. Well, three days later, same cop, same place, pulled him over again. And gave him a ticket once again for not wearing his seatbelt. So the cop remembered him from the time before. He said, sir, have you learned anything in the past couple of days? And uh, this man looked down at his steering wheel and said, well, yes, sir. I've learned that it's time to take a new way home to work from work. <laughs> there is importance of gaining wisdom. And then there is the importance of not running from wisdom, which is... Uh, Good illustration there. Okay, Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 16. Solomon's writing this to his son, or you could say to a younger generation, although it is, is said to his son. Uh, and he's writing about the wisdom that he's learned through the years. Um, really, he's telling us all how to live a life that is filled with spiritual wisdom instead of getting caught up in all of the trappings of this world. And so Proverbs 3, beginning with verse 1, he says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and those who hold her fast will be blessed. What is valuable and what is worthless 
in this life. Now, your, your first response to that question might be to say, well, you know, it, it depends on what you're talking about and, and who you're talking about. Because, you know, next to a $100 bill, a penny looks pretty worthless, right? And you can make that comparison with many material things in this world. If you have a mint condition Michael Jordan rookie card, it is supposedly worth $250,000. But if it just sits in your closet and never sees the light of day, is it really worth anything? I saw a picture of a brand new Bentley sports car this week, and it had the price tag of a mere $2 million. And, you know, it might look a lot fancier than my GMC Acadia, <laughs> but can it really do anything more for me as far as getting me from point A to, to point B? You know, okay, it, it might get me there a little bit faster. It might look a little better, a little nicer, but is that worth $2 million? That police officer in the earlier story would uh, probably be waiting for me anyway. <laughs> and it wouldn't be because my seatbelt was not on. <laughs> well, in, in verse 14 here, it says that wisdom is more profitable than silver and yields are better than gold. And in, in verse 15, it says, nothing you desire. Nothing you desire can compare with her, with wisdom. It's talking about the spiritual wisdom of God. And as we begin this morning, I'm actually going to start us off in the New Testament book of Philippians because I think this verse in Philippians is a great short summary of what Solomon is trying to tell us here in Proverbs 3 and throughout really the whole book of Proverbs. This is from the Contemporary English Translation. Philippians 3, 7 says, But Christ has shown me that what I once thought was valuable is worthless. Nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And you know, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking that really is our mission statement as Christians. As we live in this world that sends an opposite message of that. Many times, you know, when people graduate from, from high school or from university, they are thinking about how they can use the wisdom and the learning that they have attained along with the diploma or, or degree to set out on this successful career path or go out there and make lots of money and Try to live a comfortable life. And some people do attain those goals. I mean, there's nothing really wrong, is there, with, you know, having ambition and wanting to do the best that you can in your life or in your career. But we also need to keep things in perspective. Especially if we are followers of Jesus. I mean, as Paul says, nothing in this world can compare to a life filled with Jesus and the spiritual wisdom that comes from God. In other words, 
there is something more than all of these material things that make our life full, content, and overflowing with joy. And he shares a lot of those in this Proverbs 3. He says, if you follow these things that I have learned, you will find true peace and prosperity. And you will find a very good life. Not one that's always easy necessarily. Not one that's free of troubles. But a good life because of the hope of Jesus that is found in the wisdom of God. So as we go through these verses this morning, um, we need to remind ourselves that Paul says that these things, all of these things that Solomon talks about, are found in Christ Jesus our Lord. In verse 3 of Proverbs 3 it says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Jesus talked often, of course, about loving God and loving our neighbor. If you let those two things guide your life and the way that you live, then yes, your life is going to be much better. It is going to be more fulfilling. Love for God and others and faithfulness to the ways of Jesus are really the first keys to being filled with spiritual wisdom. Now, verse 5 is maybe one of the best known verses in Proverbs. It says, Trust the Lord with all of your, what? Heart. And lean not on your own. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but instead be obedient to God's direction. I mean, that's, that's great advice for graduates, but that's also great advice for all of us, no matter what age or stage of life that you are in. One of the challenges, I think, in today's world is that so many, so many people think that they are wise and that they know the keys to life. The only problem is most of those keys are focused on the desire of their heart or the pleasures that they want to experience in life, in their life. There's not the, the all-important acknowledgement of God and the truth of Jesus in those keys to life. You know, truth is, too many people today are leaning on their own understanding instead of looking to the Lord and trusting in the Lord with their life. I think back to one of the most important decisions that I made in, in my life. It was 2001. This church was asking me to come and to be a full-time pastor here at Arthur Mennonite. And it was, you know, it was a tough decision in the sense that I loved my job at that time out at Horizon Home Center as the kitchen and bath showroom manager. So all kinds of questions start, you know, swirling around in your mind. What if I quit this job and things don't work out at the church? How will this decision impact my family? What is the right thing to do? I mean, we all go, you know, we all go through those questions when weighing a huge decision in our lives. 
And do we lean on our own understanding of things and our own desires? Or do we turn to and submit to the Lord when making those decisions? Rhonda and I prayed over that decision and we truly felt that this was God's calling or that God was calling us to this. And and I say us because anytime you make a decision like that as a married couple, you know, it's a decision that's going to impact both of you as well as your family. And like many big decisions in life, when you trust the Lord's leading and then you look back on things, you so often can see how your paths were made straight and you were cared for by Jesus. It was some years later, of course, that Horizon Home Center and that job was no longer there. In the meantime, the Lord really started to affirm this calling to full-time ministry in the church. And this church has been so wonderful and supportive to me and to Rhonda and our family through these past 20 years. For me, it has just reaffirmed what these verses are preaching to all of us. Trust in the Lord, submit to his leading, and God will make your paths straight. Maybe not always convenient or easy, but straight. And so what is it in your life right now that you need to apply that to? It may not be a job or a career path. It could be something with your health. It it could be something with your family. Or even something here in, in the church. But maybe it is something like a job or a life decision that you need to make in order to set you and your family or whatever on that straight path. I don't know, you know, perhaps it's a decision like when you are going to retire and what you're going to do when you retire. For high school graduates, it could be decisions uh, of more schooling. Are you going to go for more schooling? Are you going to go find a job in the workplace? Do you already have a job in the workplace? I mean, for college graduates, it's probably the question of, wow, what is next? You know, where does the Lord want to lead me now? So many questions. I hear people make that comment all the time, and I actually do myself. (laughs) I don't know if I say it out loud, but I think it in my mind. So many questions. We have so many questions in life. But what do we do with all of those questions? Let me read verses 5 and 6 again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That's what we should do with those questions. We need to turn our life over to God. Live with the right values and the right priorities in life and think about 
our character and our faith in all of the circumstances and in all of the decisions that we have to make. I heard a quote recently in which this Christian CEO said, and this really caught my attention. He said, the most dishonest thing in our life is when we justify something in our heart by saying that everybody's doing it. Think about that. I mean, that's really good. It's not about what others are doing. It's about what you are doing. And the big question is, is God a part of it? Is Jesus your source of wisdom? Are you leaning on Christ to the point that the whole weight of your decisions are on him? I mean, a lot of times those decisions weigh on our shoulders. Jesus wants to take it from us. So are they weighing, are we putting them on him and asking him? Solomon then transitions in how we should handle the life challenges of wealth and material possessions and the blessings that we receive in this life. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops, or if you're not a farmer, the first fruits of all of your inflow, all of your blessings, all of your harvest, whatever you want to call it. I think, you know, most of us know these things and we've heard these things. Perhaps we've been taught these things, but are they functioning in their in our lives as they should be? And the idea is that that these things keep us from greed and they keep us from selfishness and they keep our focus on God's kingdom and God's work in our lives and in our world. And we know we've read the Gospels much, we know that Jesus speaks so often about these things. And time and time again, we are told to look to Him and to heaven for purpose, wisdom, direction, and well-being in life. Because even when the biggest and greatest challenges that life can throw at us, Jesus is still there to remind you of the good and the grace, and the blessings, and the eternal promises that he gives to you. And, you know, if you honor the Lord with your wealth, if you store up your treasures in the right place, the Lord will fill your cup, and the Lord will provide for you. And, you know, when I say wealth there, it doesn't mean you have to be a rich person. Um, it doesn't mean that you never struggle paying your bills or, or anything like that. I mean, wealth is anything that you have been given or that you have been blessed with, no matter how much it is. And so the question there is, how do you view it? How do you handle it? And where are you sowing seeds with it? In Matthew 6, Jesus talks about storing up treasures in in heaven instead of on this earth. Why does he say that? It's because that's how you truly find life in him. Your heart, you see, is in the right place. And that's what matters the most. Solomon is saying all these things because he's at the end of his life. 
And, and he, too, has realized that this world is fleeting, but heaven is freeing. And that's why Jesus tells us to store our treasures there. In this chapter, it's almost as if he's pleading for us to pay attention and take these things to heart. He says, do not forget my teaching, but keep these commands in your heart. And he goes on to say, because they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. And so, you know, we need to take these promises. We need to take these verses of wisdom, take these views of life in Christ. And we need to take them to heart. And then we need to let them go from our heart to our minds. Because you see, our minds are often where we make these decisions in life. About how we are going to live. In the very next chapter, Solomon speaks to that. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 27, he says... Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly over you. Give careful thought to the paths that your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. If we are God's children and scripture says that we are, then we need to proclaim this truth with our lives. We are living a blessed life because we are free, because Jesus has died for us, and because he has redeemed us and claimed us as his child. Sometimes we mess up. We make mistakes. We even fall into sin at times. But it's in those times that the Lord's discipline brings us back To the realization that we have strayed away from him. And oh yes, Solomon has something to say about that as well. Verses 11 and 12 is where he brings that up. He says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. You know, just like a a parent would discipline a child to help them learn right from wrong. God does the same with us. As adults, when correct discipline takes place, it is meant to to teach, to train, to guide, and not to condemn or demean a person. I think that's very important for us to realize because, unfortunately, we hear of way too many cases today where discipline is administered out of anger and out of and with violence, and that's not good, and it's not helpful. It is to be used for correction and for guidance, but it should always be done in love. The argument could be made these days that discipline is not being used in many families as it should be or needs to be. 
In many ways, that's probably to blame for many of the challenges that we are facing in our world today, in our nation today. But it is important that we see discipline as a way to become better. A way to discern right from wrong, good from evil. And that's exactly why the Lord lovingly disciplines those he loves. As Solomon says, we should not despise it or resent it. We may not like it, but we should accept it, knowing that the Lord wants the best for us. Just like a parent should want the best for their children. You know, each week when uh, I post the uh, midweek Facebook post on the church family page, I end that by saying, be blessed and be a blessing. And I mean that sincerely. I want all of us to be blessed, and I want all of us to go out and to be a blessing to others. This week, uh, a lady stopped by the church and they were going around. This is a coffee group that meets at Roseland's every day. Uh, ladies who meet at Roseland's every day and buy drinks, I guess. And they save these uh, quotes. I'm sure many of you have collected those quotes on the cups. And you get a free smoothie and so on. Well, they do this every day, so they get a lot of these quotes. And I heard about this group and what they had been doing. They were saving them and going around and blessing people in town with free smoothies. And so this week... They come by, this one lady comes by the church, and she had one for me, she had one for Rhonda. They went around to 19 churches in the area and did that for pastors and spouses. That's a lot of, I was thinking, that's a lot of drinks to be able to do that for 19 pastors and spouses. But anyway, I'm sharing that just to say that, that that's, those are people that are looking to be a blessing to others. That's the kind of thing we need to be about. And that's the kind of thing we need to be thinking about in our lives. How are we doing that? What are we doing to bless other people? Well, in verse 13 here, Solomon tells us that blessings and wisdom, they go hand in hand. And when you find wisdom and blessing, understanding will soon follow. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll probably say it many times again. We are never going to understand everything in this world. I mean, some things will not be revealed to us until we are with Jesus in heaven. But to gain the understanding that we can attain here in this world, we need to seek after the wisdom of God. There are many more verses in this third chapter that we did not read this morning. I mean, Solomon goes on and on about the importance of this. In fact, the whole book of Proverbs um, is about the importance of these things in life. And, uh, but it all begins with the wisdom of God. And so if you are a high school or college graduate, I want to encourage you to read the book of Proverbs this month as you set out on what is next. I mean, we, we definitely want to celebrate your accomplishments this morning. And we have done that. We will continue to do that. I mean, years have years of hard work have got you to where you are today. But the wisdom of God, the salvation, grace, and example of Jesus, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit 
will really get you where you need to be in life. And I hope all of us actually will keep that in mind. And I hope we will learn from these important verses in Proverbs today and many more that we can read from. But we started with the words of Paul. And so I think we should end with those words as well this morning because they are a great reminder for all of us as we think of what Solomon is is saying in Proverbs. So can we stand together and say this verse together before we end this morning? Let's say it together. Christ has shown me that what I once thought was valuable is worthless. Nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Let's bow prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be praised. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We worship you today with reverence and awe because of who you are. We are blessed that you call us your people. You saved and redeemed us through Jesus Christ, your son. Lord, help us to love and worship you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Help us to live in your wisdom and to love other people unconditionally in the way that you love us. Lord, I pray your blessing on all of those we've celebrated this morning. Lord, life gives us so many opportunities to to celebrate accomplishments and things that we have accomplished. But Lord, help us to realize that those accomplishments are nothing without you and you helping us in them. And I pray, Lord, that the wisdom that we need in life, that we would realize that it comes from you. There's so many things in this life that are hard to understand, so many questions we run across and we ask ourselves. And Lord, so many times we just fret and worry and stew. And how many times do we do that and forget to just come to you and submit our life to you? Ask you for the answers. Ask you for the guidance. We thank you, Lord, that you have sent the Holy Spirit as our guide. In this life, we're going to celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit next Sunday with Pentecost. And we just pray, Lord, that we would that we would tap into that wonderful blessing that you have given to us as believers. And I pray that it may guide so many people here, so many people watching, that you would just help us with the difficult things in life. And that we would get our wisdom and be filled with that spiritual wisdom from you. Bless each one here. This morning, Lord, I pray that we too, along with being blessed, would go out from this place and be a blessing to others. And we pray and ask all of this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and all God's people said, Amen.